On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, the players are holding a mini camp one week out from training camp. Chad Buchanan speaks ahead of the first practice, and Bob Kravitz joins. I know that Fieldhouse Files has a prolific following. You know, I just want to be careful about sharing too much with the world. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for listening in to the Fieldhouse Files here today. I'll get started right away with some action over this past weekend. Uh, up in Noblesville, Benedict Matherin holding his first basketball camp, about 75 Boys and girls, ages 12 to 14, players that uh, know the game already um, but haven't been invited to those elite camps that haven't quite gotten that similar opportunity. So it was fun to drive up there Saturday morning to see that in action, to see so many uh, coaches and, and staff members support him. You had Mike Weiner, Lloyd Pierce, Mo Baker from the coaching staff, uh, teammates Andrew Nemhard, Kendall Brown, for example. Uh, but that was a cool experience that I wrote about as well at fieldhousefiles.com. The camp director was his sister, Jen Matherin, of note. Um, and the other big thing that I took away from that was how he had it set up. There were six different baskets, and at each basket, they had a different drill that kind of emphasized one of Ben's strengths. So you had everything from Euro steps to floaters to drawing contact, reading the defense, working on the two two-point shots, and then the outside shot as well so i thought that was interesting all these competitive players and all of them uh were there and this wasn't one of those just like that's cute the kid's out there and he's with an nba player these were like-minded hard-playing individuals there were also of note at least two groups i think of girls so uh, there was a, a big contingent of them as well playing each other and and getting action as well which was really cool to see it was funny uh, after we talked with andrew nemhard uh as he talked with us in the media, then the girls came over and they were kind of uh, enamored by him and kind of flirty. It was, it was kind of hilarious in a cute way. I will say there, but a, a good experience up in Noblesville. Nice to see them give back. And Matherin also hosted a camp earlier this summer, his first up in Montreal, his hometown. So I thought that was pretty cool, but well done by both Ben and his sister, Jen Matherin, who is nine years older. Uh, on Monday, did want to note uh, another thing I wrote about was the first team activity at Bicentennial Uni Plaza, the Butler women's basketball team holding practice there. I attended it, talked with head coach Austin Parkinson afterwards. So that was cool uh, because they have all kinds of considerations for that space, concerts, um, entertainment, pregame stuff. There will be a movie night with Hoosiers coming up, I think, this weekend. Um, there could be, you know, beer festivals or things like that. I don't know what all they have planned. Uh, and then in about a month, the transition will be made on the one area where the basketball space is right now. That's going to become an ice skating rink. So that will be really cool. They're marketing and advertising it as larger than Rockefeller Square there in New York City. Um, one thing I reported on FieldhouseFiles.com Thursday is the players are out of town. Well, most of them anyway. Down in Nashville, Tennessee for a players-only mini camp, um, which I think is really cool. It's something that has taken hold, I think, across the league, but especially with this Pacers team over the last 
many years. I remember writing back in 2018 about Victor Oladipo hosting everyone down to Miami. And it's much more than just basketball, uh, team bonding experiences, uh, maybe bringing in speakers, going out at night and uh, doing fun activities, maybe bowling, uh, those sorts of things, just to bring everyone together get excited for a new season. Uh, there's not a lot of changes to this roster. Obviously a couple of the veterans are gone. James Johnson and George Hill, uh, Chris Duarte, O'Shea Brissett as well. Obi Toppin added to the fold, Bruce Brown, a free agent signing plus the rookies and the rest is mostly the same, but I thought that was really cool that they're, they're doing. And of course the Pacers supporting them in any way, <coughs> excuse me, that they needed, whether that's you're talking about um, medical or training, um, anything like that. So well done, I think, by the placer, pay, player, excuse me, headed up by, of course, Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. Last thing I wanted to hit on before I get into my conversation here with Bob Kravitz, who, by the way, like me, is now uh, exclusively can be read at Substack here, which is awesome. But uh, Chad Buchanan on Tuesday, speaking with local reporters for the second annual front office reception hosted about 14 reporters out there tv written blog all that sort of thing to try to get on the same page and kind of understand each other answer our questions a majority of it was off the record but there was a 20 minute part where chad answered any and <coughs> excuse me any and all questions as it related to this team and all those sorts of things uh, i posted that full interview on fieldhouse files Dot com and on YouTube uh, for the audio portion of this podcast. I'll include Chad's comments at the very end. No need here on YouTube or Spotify. You can go see those, I think, on uh, YouTube uh, should you wish to here. But in summary, like I'll get into with Kravitz, no mention of playoffs. It was all about let's figure out what we have. A lot of competition here come with training camp. Be curious what they look like defensively. That's going to be a huge thing after they've been, it's been an abomination the last couple of years on that end of the floor. Benedict Matherin to begin training camp in that starting lineup. I'm not big on starting lineups. Like a lot of people put a ton of emphasis on that. I don't as much, <clears throat> but it's very much looking, I think, to start. Like it'll be Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Matherin. Obi Toppin and Miles Turner. I always say it matters who finishes the game and who gets the most minutes. But I know a lot of players in particular, it's a status thing. And on top of that, <clears throat> they're used to it. Like a Buddy Heald. That's what he's done the majority of his career, being one of the, the best players out there. We get into Buddy Heald and his future with the team. Uh, the rumors about Drew Holiday, I don't put anything into him. <laughs> Spoiler alert here for our conversation with Kravy. It's nothing like it makes zero sense for the Pacers to even consider that. I'm surprised it's even being talked about because somebody's going to make a great bid and that somebody's going to be a team that is on the cusp. That is a, a player away from winning a title. Pacers aren't even talking about the playoffs right now. He's 33 is extension eligible. It just does not seem like a, a perfect match at all. Um, you do consider Rick Carlisle and the Pacers and, Really, every team loves Drew Holiday, his contributions, his leadership, his defensive mind, his, his team-first ability and, and thought, but nah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Media Day coming up on Monday, first day of practice, Tuesday, October third thanks for listening here to the fieldhouse files and in conjunction with bob kravitz and his stub stack as well but here's that conversation with kravy before history is written Bobby Orr, behind the 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, as promised, I now welcome to the show Bob Kravitz. And, and Kravy. Uh, the best thing about this now is you're on Substack as well. So that's where I wanted to get started. A little off-season change for you here uh, right yeah. before the football season and obviously Pacers and NBA season. Take listeners inside your decision here to move to Substack and what it's been like for you the last couple of months. It's been great, actually. It's grown uh, faster than I uh, expected that it would. And... Uh, you know, I like the idea of being able to write what I want, when I want, and how I want. And I definitely like the boss a lot better than I used <laughs> to because it's me. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, like you know, today, I just knocked out a quick piece on uh, what's going to happen when Jonathan Taylor comes off the pup list. I think it's going to get real, real ugly. Um, and already people on Twitter are telling me I'm out of my mind. So I know I'm right. The thing I like, to your point about your your writing and what you're doing is now you're reacting it's not right. just taking two weeks on a feature and we're sitting back thinking what does Krabby the pulse of indie think right now you already probably have a story up or it's being crafted right now so i i hope that will continue into pacer season if Absolutely. a certain big move happened or they're on a five game win or losing streak what have you yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I didn't write about Buddy Heald. I'm going to save some of that stuff mm-hmm. for Monday when they have uh, when they have media day. But uh, yeah, I I I I feel like I'm back at the Indianapolis Star just with a much smaller paycheck. <laughs> but yeah, but we I can deal with that. Um, it, it's been great fun, actually. It really has, and the the Substack community is cool and it's growing, and uh, I like what it what it offers and. It's easy enough to use it. Even I can figure. <laughs> the only thing we're all having, the only thing we're all having to deal with, is the throttling of social media and and navigating that. And so, what we're really doing is building our own audience, so that no matter what social media is out there, hopefully the readers and and listeners and all that travel with us. That's kind of the the future. Right. Absolutely. You know. I mean, I, I've got you know a pretty good number of paid, but uh, a lot of a lot of unpaid free subscriptions. And, and, you know, the hope is that if I continue to do good work, that uh, some of those, some of those couple thousand will be uh, moved over to paid and uh, (laughs) we we can uh, go to the Bahamas for vacation and maybe see 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome to Substack. It's been fun getting you on board and having another voice in Indy on Substack. I think I've been the only one. There's a very limited kind of NBA audience, although that's growing. There's probably now at least a half dozen I'm aware about. Um, and it seems to be crushing, so that's great. Let's, Let's get into well, some stuff. And, Go and ahead. Let me, let me just thank you really quickly because you've been my uh, <laughs> my guide, my spirit guide on this uh, journey because uh, as everybody knows, I'm really old and I don't know how this stuff works. And so between you and my daughters, I've had uh, great, uh, great uh, help along the way. So I appreciate it. Yeah, happy to do it. Now now you can pay it back for me by doing your annual Thanksgiving Day story. All right. I'll, I'll, that I always push you for. It's one of my favorites all time every year. Well, it, it, like, the, like the, the, the dopey report card, I suspect that will come back. Please make it happen. All right, All right, let's get to it. Pacers, we were there at Gamebridge Fieldhouse earlier this week. Chad Buchanan, GM, uh, was the one that would talk with us on the record. About 20 minutes answered any and every question that we had there. Uh, I'll go first. I think my overwhelming takeaway here was no reference to the playoffs whatsoever. It was all about, again, growth. Let's try to see what we have here. Um, let's give it a couple months and reevaluate where we're at. And we're still open for business probably in terms of trades. And then I'd say the secondary thing to all of that is we got to figure out the rotation and lineups. There is really nothing set in stone here. So a lot for a lot open for interpretation. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's going to be Bruce Brown, Obi Top, and Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, and who am I forgetting? Benedict uh, Matherin. Benedict Matherin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him too. The main one. <laughs> the main one. Uh, clearly, you know, Buddy – Buddy was told uh, at the exit meetings last year that uh, he was they're going to look at him being a sixth man. And, you know, he look, I don't blame Buddy Heald. I tweeted this out the other day. I don't blame him at all for this is probably his last chance at a, at a significant payday. Um, you know, he, he wants to make the playoffs, which is no sure thing with the Pacers. I think they'll be close, but mm -hmm. it's no sure thing. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be a, a, a sixth man at this point in his career. And I, I totally understand that. So, but I think the, the Pacers are doing the right thing um, because I think Matherin needs to start. He needs to play against the best. And I, I think they brought him along slowly last year, but I think he's ready. As I wrote, I think last week in my buddy piece, I think how the lineups they use and the players that get the minutes – will be a tell of the season. Like, again, they've emphasized how it's not necessarily about the playoffs. But players are, by the way. Tyrese at his camp said we're going to. Ben at his camp this past Saturday said that's the number one goal for him this offseason. But he's never reached the playoffs. So all he's going to want to do is get paid and win and have some fun out there. So you kind of have these two, these two paths colliding. And they need to choose a direction. Right now, it feels like they're headed towards one, but maybe the course will be corrected a little bit. I don't know. That, that to be determined. But the thing with Buddy is interesting because, yeah, you're right. At the end of the season, they didn't even want to play him. But he said, I'm not sitting. So right. they, started, they started Benedict. Buddy came off the bench. But we all know Buddy's best, at least from what we've seen, when he's out there with Tyrese. So there's just so many right. factors to consider. Right. And, and, you know, and we'll talk about this uh you know coming up here but uh zach lowe from espn had a piece where he said the pacers are going to be one of the players in the drew holiday sweepstakes and that does not follow what 
Chad Buchanan said to us. Chad Buchanan clearly was looking at the long game. Um, I don't think they're going to be uh, – to me, Drew Holiday is a guy you bring in when you're one player away. When yep. you're like the Milwaukee Bucks in whatever year it was, 2019 or so, uh, and went on to win a championship. The Pacers are not a player away, even one as good as him. Now, I like the trade uh, that he threw out there, Daniel Tice, Buddy Heald, and a couple of first-rounders. But I don't think, based on what I've heard from from the Pacers and what we heard from Buchanan, I don't think they're ready to take that step just yet. And that may frustrate some fans who (laughs) want to win now and are tired of waiting. But I I still think that they got to play the long game here. Yeah, to me, that makes no sense. And on top of that, I think because of the competitiveness and you talk about teams being a player away, you're going to get better offers than that. I mean, just oh, yeah. spitballing here. I mean, Miami bat- badly wanted Dame. Of course they're going to go after Drew Holiday. Uh, to me, the perfect fit for both sides is one of the L.A. teams. They're, he's from L.A. Family lives out there, both him and uh, his wife, Lauren Chaney, from here, Lauren Holiday, right. went to UCLA. Uh, I mean, it's all there in the backyard. Both teams could win a championship if they stay healthy. To me, you're right. It makes zero sense for the Pacers for a 33-year-old to come here on a roster where point guard and guard is one of the biggest areas they still need to clarify. We already They already got Tyrese, TJ McConnell, Andrew Nimhard, by the way, who's aspiring to be just like Drew Holiday. So to me, I'm I'm curious because Zach doesn't just throw things out unless maybe he was just spitballing here as well but it, that doesn't fit the timeline you're right Chad even referenced how they're not he said we're not going to take any shortcuts he said they're not going to you know go after one big thing to make a difference here so to me I, I don't I throw that out yeah and you know like last year when they were what 21 and 18 and playing really well and then of course uh Tyrese got hurt but they started thinking maybe we're a little closer than we think <laughs> It was and fool's gold, Krabby. Fool's gold. And and really, in, in a perverse sort of way, the best thing that could have happened was that the season kind of went sideways. Yep. Because I would have hated for them to make a win-now move uh, at, at 21 and 18, you know, and, and, and moving on. Um, I think that would have made no sense, and I think that would have hurt them in the long term. What's the off-season conversation been, right? Where do you figure the balance between young guys and veterans? Where do the veterans fit in? You want to add another veteran at guard? Right. That just, it makes zero sense to me. Yeah. If anything, you need to move off a guy. And I guess since we're already on this discussion, uh, let's go there with Buddy. I mean, I don't see any clarity coming on this anytime soon other than odd situations like Dame wanting out. You just don't see trades this time of year. Rosters are set. You're entering yeah. training camp. You try to figure out what you have for the first couple of months. And by late December, most teams know what they have. And so I don't see anything probably happening until then. Yeah. And that, that's dangerous. I mean, uh, I, I think there's a danger there because mm-hmm. I look, buddy's a great, great teammate. He, he's not, he's not going to be the kind of guy who's going to cause all sorts of problems, but you know, he doesn't want to be coming off the bench and you know, that he want he he wants out. I mean, he wants a better situation where he can make more money and uh, and, and be a starter. Um, so yeah, I I think that that that's fraught with danger. Uh, go you know moving on with your season with Buddy coming off the bench. That's what they got to figure out. Can they find a strike a balance where Ben starts but Buddy gets 
most of his minutes with Tyrese. I don't know how you figure it yeah, out. I, I don't envy Rick Carlisle and his staff at all because there are so many minutes questions extending to where does Daniel Tice and TJ McConnell fit in, for example. Like, right. it's going to be tough. Yeah, it will be. I, I love McConnell's game. I mean, who doesn't love McConnell? Yeah. And he and he loves being here. He loves being a pacer. Um, but you know, you you've got to you've got to uh, you, you got to think about the timeline and and where he fits in, in the long term. Now, I mean, he, he may be a great locker room guy. I, I have no idea. I'm not in the locker room. But um, yeah, I I would hate to see them move uh, move McConnell in any way. My guess would be if someone gets moved, it's McConnell first. Just because Probably. of the overlap, the lack of yeah. minutes, and how many veteran teams we're talking, the, the teams that maybe don't get Drew Holiday might be interested in TJ McConnell oh. as, as a guard there. It's I think it's like $8 million this year and then a partial guarantee next year. But um, to go back, I guess, to, to what Chad was discussing, the, the lack of playoff mentions, trying to figure out the rotation certainly stood out. Um, what else popped to you that, that you learned maybe from our visit on Tuesday? Gosh, that was those two things you Main mentioned. Thing, yeah. Pretty, pretty much it. Um, they they love what Bruce Brown brings. I was looking at some stats the other day, which is really unusual for me. But uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce Brown, Tyrese, and Obi Toppin are like the three best players in the league in in um, uh, transition. Transition. Thank yeah. you. I'm like, what the hell's the word? Yeah, in transition, and so you know how they're going to play. The big thing, and one of the other things I took out of it is they have got to be a better team defensively. Um, they were miserable last year. They weren't a very good rebounding team either. I don't know that they're going to be with this group, but you hope that Jarris Walker would help them defensively. You would you would hope that uh, Halliburton becomes a better defender. Nemhar already is a pretty good defender. Um, Miles, obviously, is Miles. But they, they've got to be better defensively, and, and I think Jim Boylan – um, who I've known for a hundred years. Um, I think he's going to help. I really do. Yeah. That was the notable off season change him in Ronald Norrit out Jenny Busick front of the bench. Boylan will be behind, but he's been a head coach. He's been here before he's won a championship with San Antonio and he, he's your old school fire you up coach. And, and he's really focused on that defensive end. And, and another thing I'll be, I'm sure following up next week or the next week on is coaching assignments because uh, when Norad, when Rick mentioned that Ron would not be back, well, he mostly coached the defense, and Mike Weiner did much of the offense. And for the first time, Rick said in his career, he might not assign coordinators. It might be by committee or per game. That was back in July, and they're still figuring that out. So I'll be curious what that maybe has morphed into over the last few months. This is going to be a really interesting training camp because there are so many questions and they're not bad questions. Like who the hell is going to play these minutes. They've got a lot of guys who deserve minutes. Who's the odd man out is the question. <laughs> That's right. Who Who's, who's going to get, get the short end of the stick in this whole thing. And I'm not really sure, but to me, again, they've, they've got to think about the long game um, here. And that's why as much as I love McConnell and his game, you're right. He's probably one of the first guys that they would think about moving. And, you know, and, and that's why I just don't think that Drew Holiday, as much as I love watching that dude play, uh, I don't think he fits He fits what the Pacers are trying to do in the long term. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I would totally agree. So that does that mean come the season you'd be you'd be good if they prioritize getting Ben more minutes and Nimhart more minutes and yes. and figure out maybe finally Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson one or the other and I don't know don't play him Tice but that's very awkward because he's one of your veterans he's coming right. off a, a great uh, tournament with. The German national team winning a gold medal. He's finally healthy. He's too good to set the bench. That's where it gets awkward. Yeah. And how, how you know, it's been a couple of years since we could have this kind of conversation. Yeah. Oh, they've got, they got too many guys here, you know, fighting for minutes. And, you know, I mean, Tice, Tice was okay. I mean, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but I, when the, the, the number of minutes he played, he was okay. I'm still not quite sold on Isaiah. Um, Jalen, I just, you know, I, I was scratching my head when they made him the starter, uh, right <laughs> when they when they signed him yeah. uh to the to the contract. So no, it's it's um it's gonna be interesting to see who emerges from that group. I thought the Pacers had learned from that last year because it, it didn't make any sense uh, no. after at his press conference mentioning, hey, Jalen, not only we're happy to have him here, but he's gonna be starting at the four. It's like I remember two months ago talking with Jalen after being acquired from Phoenix saying he really doesn't play much of the four, but because Miles is here, he'll try. Like one of the first times in his life that he's going to be playing the four. And then this year they had stayed away from that, except they mentioned, well, Ben's going to begin as the start. It felt like it was kind of a soft blow to try to ease that thought. Um, Even though we heard Ben during the NBA Finals, the TV broadcast say, Yep, I'll be starting at the three next season. So, oh yeah, it's absolutely. it's very interesting. <laughs> it's and it's time for Ben. It's time. I mean, they Rick gave him tough love last year, made mm-hmm. him come off the bench, wanted, and, and I I think we're going to see the the benefit from from that tough love this year. I, I think you know Rick wants him to be a, a big time two way player. He wasn't that at all times last year, and I think he wants more consistency of effort from him. Yeah, because the reality is that the franchise is going to take a, a leap. It's going to be in large part because Ben takes a big leap and gets more s- substantial minutes and and takes after his best friend Lou Dort on the defensive end and can and not be a liability and does what the coaches say and, and be is a little bit better of a teammate. He even acknowledged he was a little standoffish last year. And those are little things you're going to learn as a 19-year-old in your rookie season. So... That's that's intriguing to me, I think. Um, is there one player, one situation more than most, like throwing out the healed one that mm. you'll be following closely? Mm. You're you're making me think here, Agnes, and I, I don't appreciate it. Um I mean, I think Tyrese, how does he respond to getting the the significant contract and being the face yeah. of the team? Or Miles yeah. 
Does he get con- content because he's got two years guaranteed? Like, I'm there's really so many little things. About Miles, I'm really curious mm-hmm. about Miles. I mean, uh, you know, I, people think I hate the guy, and I really don't. I, <laughs> I, I think he's a really nice guy, and and he's been good for this organization. He's been good for the city, um, but you know, clearly he was in a position where he had to prove himself last year. And I'm still surprised they didn't trade him. I I thought for sure he was going to get traded, but wrong again. Uh, but I'm curious to see, uh, you know, he, he's thinking all-star game. I think he's crazy. But, hey, you know, if that's your goal, good for you. Go for it. Yeah. I I think he's in a great place from what I've seen and, and talked like he he's he knows who he is now I think and yeah. there was it, it's not an identity crisis or anything like that but you're still young and trying to figure out who you are how do you fit in um and I think he he's there now so now you just this team I think going back to the defense which which might be the most interesting to me now that we come back to it is I'm at the point now where I'll believe it when I see it how many yeah. times have they talked about that and rebounding um since probably the Frank Vogel, Nate McMillan years, like it's been three or four years consistently here. And to finish, I think 28th and 26th in defensive rating the last two years, respectively, that's got, it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be top 10, but it's got to be reasonable 15th because the offense is already good enough. It's worrying about that defensive end, but the challenge again, going back to personnel is right now you have more one-sided players with a few exceptions of miles and Andrew Nemhard. Like there was many times last season, Cravy, where uh, Halliburton would might be offense defense substitution or be yeah. taken out for the final two minutes. Like he's got to be good happen. enough. Yeah, exactly. He can't. He can't be a liability. Not if he wants to become the great player that he wants to become. That I think that's pretty clear. Now, you know, Nem. I, I wouldn't count out Nemhard. You know, I mean, not that you are, but I. I, I really believe he's going to be a very good player in this league. I think he'll, he'll be coming off the bench. You know, I, I, I think, I mean, clearly he's going to be coming off the bench, but uh, boy, there's a lot to like about him. I think what I'm expecting is for him to get the backup point guard minutes. Now we'll yeah. see that'll shake, shake itself out a little bit in the preseason. But again, if you're having that futuristic long-term vision, like Chad just emphasized this week, I think Nemhard's your backup point guard. And then you also try to get him some backcourt minutes with with Halliburton, which can help offset some of the defensive liabilities. Right. No, I I agree with that completely. And the funny part is we're, what, 20 minutes into this conversation, and there are guys that played 30 minutes per game last season we haven't even mentioned. Where's Aaron Neesmith fit in this equation? Where's Jordan Moore fit in this equation? I forgot all about him. Right? Uh, I think he's a solid bench (laughs) guy, good rotation guy. But, yeah, I mean, they they, – you know, using him – at the four last year was that was painful. That was that was. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, just didn't get any rebounding out of him. And I mean, a nice player, but yeah, just a uh, rotation guy. Yeah, and then jo- I think Jordan War is going to be one of those players that's on the outside of the rotation to start. Um, and that's a good problem, as you said uh, earlier. It's now that's finally a good problem to have to have players good enough there. Uh, do you worry at all? There's not that vet on the team this year. There wasn't a James Johnson. There's not right. a George Hill. I think if you move off a couple of these guys, then there's that concern. But right now you got like four over 31. So maybe it's not as big of an issue. Right. I'll tell you what, you know, when you talked to players last year, the, the, um, the impact that James Johnson had on that team, 
you know, and it reminds me who is who is the big center they got from Charlotte many years ago. Um Hmm. that the Pacers got he, he was a he was a backup he he was a, a power forward center for several years and then he he was on the bench he, why am I not remembering I'm drawing a blank here Al Jefferson oh, Al Jefferson thank you there you go yes. you're young facile mind <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and he was the he was the guy in the in the room it's another you know, coach in the locker room, basically. Another coach, a guy who held everybody accountable, no BS. Um, so you know that that's gonna be that's gonna be an issue for them. And you know, if they move off a of buddy, there's a guy that you know, an over thirty guy that they're gonna lose. If they if they move on McConnell, they lose they lose you know that imp, that uh, uh, you know. Uh, they they just sorry I got a text here from my wife. Oh, you're good. <laughs> All good, man. Oh, what a great <laughs> podcaster I am. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, those guys have huge impacts on a young locker room, and uh, so yeah, that that would be something I'd be concerned about, and I don't know how they fix that necessarily. Yeah, those are kind of my feelings. If you're talking about future and long term, that means you're young and need some kind of guys in there that. I think as they alluded to was basically James was an extension of the coaching staff. When, when something comes from your teammate, you feel it, it hits you a little bit differently than uh, maybe it feels like a coach trying to drill something into you a little bit. So I think that's something not of concern, but you keep your eye on here for the first couple of, uh, of months going. I think James is probably done playing. He didn't contribute too much on the court. I think George Hill's going to try to give it one more year. Maybe he gets signed midseason. There's injuries somewhere. Maybe right. a team like the Pacers has, uh, you know, makes a couple trades, has a free roster spot. Then you bring in a guy like that. But I think that's very much a to be determined here. Right. I would agree. With that. I'll tell you what. I I am uh, just kind of bringing it full circle. I'm really yeah. excited about the season. I I think they're going to be. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. I mean, they were fun to watch last year, mm-hmm. but they were so bad defensively and and on the boards that it took some, it, it it took some of that away. But uh, I just think they're gonna they're gonna score a ton of points again. They're gonna be fast. They're gonna they're gonna run like crazy. Great in transition. Um, but again, uh, you know, I mean, I think Jim Boylan talked about him being their biggest offseason acquisition. Well, I mean, Bruce Brown and um, uh, Obi Toppin are pretty pretty big too, but yeah, I, I think that's very very important for this team because uh, they were just horrendous defensively last year. Yeah, and I do want to know Boylan was a consultant for the team last year. He was around right. often, but to my knowledge, didn't really have a voice. And it's hard if you're the sixth coach out there, like right. you know, there's other people ahead of you trying to instill values and and all those different things. So you're right. I think this team's only on league or uh, only on national TV once. So it's going to be like a top five league pass team to watch because you know Tyrese is fun. Um, it'll be f- interesting to see the three guys that played in the World Cup. Usually there's a nice leap or high coming off of that moving mm-hmm. into your season. And so I'll be curious to see what Buddy, what Daniel Tyson, obviously Ty, looks like coming off of that as well because they're going to be fresh. Those guys really didn't have too much of an offseason. No, they didn't. That, that, that's the only thing that would concern me is just, you know, where where their legs are. Maybe uh, Rick gives them a little bit of a break during training camp, you know, uh, you know, and uh, limits limits their their exposure a little bit. But yeah, I mean, 
you know, you, you see guys come back from the Olympics or any kind of international ball, and they do seem to take that leap. Last thing here as we look ahead, I think one of the other things to be excited about is February, where not just the Pacers, but Indianapolis will be, you know, followed. I mean, it's astounding how many countries and and markets the television broadcast of All-Star Weekend hits there. I assume you didn't cover it in 1985 when you I assume you might have been Denver. You did. I was in Pittsburgh. Really? I'll tell you the story later. Okay. (laughs) Off the air. But. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh and they sent me out here for some reason. I have no idea why. I do remember spending a lot of time at uh, the Slippery Noodle. Um, Had a blast. And yes, I was here. Um, You know, that was Larry Bird. That was Ralph Sampson. I mean, that that was. was And it was at the RCA Dome too. The old RCA Dome. It was like, what, 70,000 people, whatever the number was. It was unbelievable, but yeah, I think it was, was the second largest attended um, down at uh, uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, I think like Dallas, five years yeah. ago, but second most attended. I, I have to say, I hate the game. I, I yeah. There's got to be something. It's like the NFL Pro Bowl. The game is hard to watch. I mean, it, it, it doesn't even have a passing resemblance to competitive basketball. <laughs> it's, it, it, it makes me crazy. Now, I found the 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 um, uh, slam dunk competition very compelling. The the you know yeah but, Saturday night, which will be at Lucas Oil Stadium, Saturday by the way. Oil, but the main yeah. game will be at Bank or Gamebridge. Right, and I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm glad it's coming here. It's great for the city. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. awesome. But the game itself leaves me pretty cold. Well, very good, Cravy. I appreciate you joining here. Uh, Fans, followers, readers can join you at bobkravitz.substack.com. I, <laughs> I got fans, man. You got fans and en- enemies, don't you? Or at I, least not anymore, maybe. Yeah, no, still. <laughs> Thank you, Kravitz.